Well, it's official. Um, I, uh, I now need to go through the big pile of clothes that's wrapped up in a blanket um, that I haven't looked at since we shifted to Goa from Delhi. May, June, July, August, September. Four months ago, because this, what you see before you, is the last shirt that uh, I haven't already worn on chicken philosophy. It's good. It's good that I have a thing that uh, where I wear my normal clothes because. Normally, I, I have costumes that I wear in my other programs, basically. How's everybody doing? Should I get to it? It's, uh, this is part seven of um, Jung's Black Books. This is a program where I just don't even care. <laughs> um, if somebody's watching this and enjoying it, great. But mostly this is just for myself to walk around. So I hope I've sold you on it. Um, if you'd like to start at the beginning, you can click here. The composition of Liber Novus. The outbreak of the war had given Jung a completely new understanding of his fantasies. In Liber Novus, he wrote, quote, and then the war broke out. I'm glad that we're, we're doing quotes now instead of like margin changes and smaller fonts. This opened my eyes about what I had experienced before. and It also gave me the courage to say all of that which I have written in the earlier part of the book, end quote. See? It's exactly what I'm talking about. When an apocalyptic event happens, then all the people who had apocalyptic prophecies will suddenly feel mind-numbingly confident in their uh, fantasies. Smash that dislike button. A critical... Wait... A critical part of this shift was that he no longer viewed his fantasies as purely personal. The collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. In Liber Novus, he wrote, parentheses commenting on an entry of May 23rd, 1914, and parentheses, quote, I wanted to understand it all as personal experiences within me. And consequently, I could neither understand nor believe it all, since my belief is weak. End quote. It is likely that at this stage he reread the entries of November. 12, 1913 through July 21, 1914 in books 2 through 4, the ones we have not read yet because we're reading book 1, which isn't 
written by Carl Jung. He now conceived of the idea of a work exploring the correspondence between his fantasies and what was taking place in the world at literal and symbolic levels. Ah, I used to be part of a group that was so like dogmatic about there being this link. Like at first, it seems in retrospect like it was more than 50% motivated by the leaders uh, manipulating the minds of the underlings like us uh, to keep us focused on something, to keep us all working together, to keep us all moving forward. And by the way, keep putting flyers in books so I keep getting a paycheck, right? Um, but then the group separated from that guy. And the new leader was still like thinking, I had a bad dream last night, therefore we all need to get together and close our eyes or open our eyes or wave our arms or don't wave our arms and say these words or don't say these words. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen on the other side of the earth. And there's groups that still think that way. God, there was a time when uh, a good friend of mine passed away. And uh, then I interviewed another old friend. And he said, gosh, I wish someone would have let us know because then we could have gone into the temple and waved our arms around and then he'd, be, he'd still be alive today. He said that while knowing I was recording he said that without any hesitation, without any second thought, without any, just as a statement of what he perceived to be fact. I mean, it's, it's nice, you know, to see Carl Jung like start down a road of going from like a reasonable, reasonable rational person to maybe there's something to some of this. But man, I mean, I think part of my cynicism about it is uh, coming from having seen one possible way that that train of thought can uh, manifest in a fantasy world that a person can decide as a teenager that he wants to dedicate his life to and then find himself in his 40s having put his entire life's energy into it at the expense of everything else. Um, where were we? Yes, okay. You, oops, he now conceived the idea of work exploring the yes between what was taking place. This was to become Liber Novus. Oh, I look forward to it. I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, okay, he transcribed and edited most of the entries from books two through four covering. November 12, 1913 to April 19, 1914. In the main, he tended to omit material that depicted his emotional states. He reproduced the fantasies faithfully while omitting the dates. 
the sequence of Liber Nobus nearly always corresponds exactly to that of the Black Books. Jung maintained a, quote, fidelity to the event, end quote. What he was writing was not to be mistaken as fiction. At the same time, he closely copy-edited the fantasies, making a number of small revisions. The changes served to clarify matters at certain junctures and present a smoother sequence. They also made the material less personally revealing. The main difference between the Black Books and Liber Novus is that the former were written for Jung's personal use and can be considered the records of an experiment, while the latter was addressed to a public and presented in a form to be read by others. The revisions to the material work, excuse me, material mark the passage from personal notebook to public work, dated entries, yeah, period, okay, capital D. Dated entries became chapters. A sizable share of Jung's, quote, confrontations with the unconscious, end quote, actually consisted of his transcription of and editorial work on and copy editing of his own material. In this edition, most of the significant changes have been noted, which enables the reader to follow Jung as editor of his own material. In Liber Novus, to each of the entries Jung reproduced, he added a section explaining the significance of the episode, combined with a lyrical elaboration. He arranged the work into a series of chapters. For the most part, the chapters corresponded to individual entries. The draft begins with the address, quote, my friends, end quote, a recurring phrase. In November 1914, Jung closely studied Nietzsche's Thus Spoke Zarathustra, 1883-1891, which he had first read in his youth. He later recalled that, quote, Then suddenly the spirit seized me and carried me to a desert country in which I read Zarathustra, end quote. It strongly shaped the structure and style of Liber Novus, like Nietzsche in Zarathustra. Jung divided the material up into a series of books comprised of short chapters. But whereas Zarathustra proclaims the death of God, Liber Novus depicts the rebirth of God in the soul. There are also indications that Jung read Dante's Comedia, which also informs the structure of the work. Liber Novus depicts Jung's descent into hell, but whereas, <laughs> sorry, I'm just remembering um, something. But whereas Dante could utilize an established cosmology, Liber Novus is an attempt to shape an individual cosmology. The role of Philemon in Jung's work has analogies to that of Zarathustra in Nietzsche's work and Virgil in Dante's. Yeah. I was just remembering. I always uh, kind. Of, I, I at a certain point formulated a f philosophy, an approach toward uh, expression, toward where the goal. I mean, I worked in the entertainment industry, so I was oversaturated by the assumption around me that the goal of creativity, especially 
involving a video camera was to, you know, get real good at it in a way that would appeal to massive amounts of people and then pitch it so you can get funding to, you see what I mean? Where when YouTube was new, I got the shittiest outdated camera that I could find and did low def pride <laughs> and uh, was coming from a place of I'm going to put together a string of images and film things that I want to for one reason or the other and put them together in a way that feels intuitively right at the moment and then put it out there I mean David Lynch is an example a lot of people can point to as a person who does similar types of things where he doesn't feel the need to explain what he's doing to people of course he's famous he uh, caught the attention of who was it uh, well he made a racer head and then oh yeah was it George Lucas or someone like that um, no whoever made uh, Elephant Man but anyway um, yeah, so he became like the exception within the rule, within the world of the rule. So he's operating like, so he's given a certain amount of respect by certain people. But what I was doing was like, had no interest in um, aspiring toward recognition or uh, or anything. It was just a video, video expression of things. And uh, similar with writing, similar with poetry, similar with, uh, with prose, whatever. And with the uh, increasing, I mean, and in recent years, like things like, I mean, it wasn't recent, but I discovered Kindle self-publishing a few years ago, as some folks might have noticed if you are aware of my existence outside of this video. Um, and like as these platforms, things like YouTube and Kindle self-publishing came into view, in my mind, I'm looking at like, if you look at old Wikipedia entries, like for the year 316, you'll see the king of so-and-so got married, the king of so-and-so died, and the king of so-and-so took over as king. That's it. That's all the information we have about that year you know, or this war was fought, or this whatever. But what about the millions and millions of people who were alive, living their lives? Well, their stories were probably unremarkable. But now, unremarkable stories can be told. So I put together sort of a, everything I had done up to that point in, I don't know, 2000 eight or something, nine, I don't know, six. And I showed it to my brother-in-law and uh, he was laughing and saying, this is like, a, you know, um, before, like, uh, behind the scenes of, like, the early career of someone who hasn't yet made it big. <laughs> it's like, okay. It was always a struggle for me to try to explain where I was coming from to people because every single fucking idiot and by fucking idiot I mean everybody I knew friends 
relatives, coworkers, everyone was a fucking idiot. So in the end, I um, bought a one-way ticket, sold all my shit, and went to Nepal and was thinking I was going to be a monk or a yogi on a mountaintop and sit on a mountain and eventually die or whatever, you know. I just got so sick of everyone. And um, so that was funny to me just now. I was laughing about that. Okay, basically. Basically. Obviously, I didn't become a monk. And uh, I'm doing this instead. Now you have some idea of where I'm coming from and why so persistently I am doing things that you're not interested in because I don't give a flying fuck what you're interested in. I mean, to the point where it's a negative value. If you, the less interested you are, the better it is for me. If you hate this, if you cannot stand this, if you just wanna wanna report this and thumbs down it and give it negative five stars, then that makes me smile. I that makes me want to do it more. So um, I'm half kidding when I say all that, but uh, yeah, yeah. So like with uh, Buddhist books as a terror nerd, like those are things that are at least 10% for other people, maybe 5%, where this, this has become a nice little project for me anyway, because literally nobody watches this. It'd be odd if one day people watch this, then I'll, I'll have to be like, oh yeah, sorry about all that. <laughs> but if, I mean, who would watch this and then keep watching? I don't know. All right. Uh, where were we? It depicts the descent into hell. Yeah. Um, Lieber Nobis depicts Jung's descent into hell, but whereas Dante would utilize an established cosmology, Lieber Nobis is an attempt to shape an individual cosmology. The role of Philemon in Jung's work has analogies to that of Zarathustra and Nietzsche's work and Virgil in Dante's. So like, I don't know, I guess feel free to not like it. Feel absolutely free to not like it, to not like where I'm coming from because I am off the cuff coming from exactly where I'm at, which is definitely gonna be different from where you're at. And if you've got some system, some organized way of thinking whether it be connected to an organized entity outside of yourself or not. If there's certain values you like to uphold, certain things you have respect for, certain things you think are a great thing for humanity or this or that or this or that or this or that, I am gonna go ahead and, and not give a shit about that, about any of it, and just say what occurs to me to say as I'm reading this. In the draft, about 50% of the material is drawn directly from the black books. There are approximately 35 new sections of lyrical elaboration and commentary. Here, Jung was the <clears throat> exegete. Exegete. I don't want to give myself work to do later, so I'm going to look that up right now. You guys can talk. 
talk amongst yourselves while I do that. Execute. Remember the other day when uh, I made Editor Edward look it up. Critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially of scripture. I mean, in a way that kind of relates to exactly what I'm talking about. Not like coming from this standpoint of, oh, you know, I'm critically examining scripture, what's considered scripture by many folks, folks that I knew. It was a weird, very weird experiment having a social circle entirely made up of, uh, of nutters. All right, uh, in the draft, right, here we are. Here Hume was the exegete of his own imaginal visions. He attempted to derive generial psychological principles from his fantasies and to understand to what extent the events portrayed and them presented in symbolic form developments that were to occur in the world. Boom, better, boom, deo. Um, in 1914, he had introduced a distinction between interpretation on the objective level, in which dream objects were treated as representations of real objects, and interpretation on the subjective level, in which every element concerns the dreamers themselves as well. I mean, it's also kind of like a nice way of documenting a process, like rather than taking notes while reading something, like to take a video and then uploading it so that I can look at it later, rather than filling up uh, Google drives and external hard drives with videos, right? as well as interpreting his fantasies on the subjective level. One could characterize his procedure here as an effort to interpret his fantasies on the collective level. He does not try to interpret his fantasies reductively, but rather as depicting the functioning of, a general, of general psychological principles in him. Parentheses, such as the relation of introversion and to extroversion, thinking and pleasure, and so forth, and parentheses, and as depicting literal or symbolic events that are going to happen. Thus, the second layer of the draft represents the first major and extended development and application of his new constructive method. It is itself a hermeneutic experiment. Not an hermeneutic experiment. Hmm. Sonu must be a, uh, an American. It provides an interpretive reading of the entries of in the black books in the concentrated five-month period beginning in November 1913. Five-month period, that's too long to have a period, I'd say. I'm not a doctor, but maybe get that checked. This work of understanding encompassed a number of interlinked threads Jung wanted to understand himself and to integrate and develop the various components of his personality. 
to understand the structure of the human personality in general and the relation of the individual to present-day society and to the community of the dead, to fathom the psychological and historical effects of Christianity, and by the way, I apologize to all the people I call like fucking idiots. I was channeling how I felt back then. I don't think you're a fucking idiot. I just think you're a little bit brainwashed by the society that you live in. Aren't we all, right? Anyway. Uh, he discussed many other themes, including the nature of self-knowledge, the nature of the soul, mm -hmm. the relation of thinking and feeling and the psychological types, the relation of inner and outer masculinity and femininity, and the uniting of opposites. He also treated solitude, the value of scholarship and learning, the status of science, the significance of symbols and how they are to be understood, and the meaning of the war. He touched on madness, divine madness, and psychiatry, how the imitation of Christ is to be understood today, the death of God, the historical significance of Nietzsche, and the relation of magic and reason. It's kind of confirming for me. It's like, I explored a lot of things myself, and I always felt that it was just as value, valuable, or more valuable, than reading the recollections of the explorations of others, at least to me. Um, and reading this is confirming that uh, conviction of mine. The overall theme of Liber Novus is how, so it's more like, like I said, like, I, like with the Buddhist books, I, I taught Buddhism for years before uh, sitting down to read the Buddhist scriptures or and I never had a Buddhist teacher so what was I teaching I mean it all kind of made sense to me so I could teach about whatever in whatever way I could teach whatever popped into my head and in a cohesive way and people seemed to enjoy it I mean I never had any complaints about my classes you know um, and then sitting down to read it it's like, okay, now I'll have a more academic understanding of historical Buddhism. And that can hopefully help me to, I don't know, it seems to muddle and, uh, and uh, limit and inhibit the natural flow that I used to have of, of uh, being able to teach a lot of these ideas. But, uh, you know, I think that maybe that's just a step in the process. And it's a long process. Like, I'm doing all this with the intention to continue doing it for a long time. Toward what? I'm not sure. Toward being able to, like, more coherently say something about things outside of my own head, I guess. Ironically, right? Uh, he touched on madness, blah, 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 where were we? Um, Christianity and the religious development West. He discussed many themes, including the nature of self-knowledge. See, it's like so dry and like that I can't even remember whether I read this already or not. The nature of the soul, the relation of thinking and feeling and the psychological types, the relation of inner and outer masculinity and femininity. Oh, I did read that already. 
He also treated solitude, the value of scholarship and learning, the status of science, the significance of symbols and how they are to be understood, and the meaning of the war. Treated. He treated. Okay. He touched on madness, divine madness, and psychiatry, how the imitation of Christ is to be understood today, the death of God, the historical significance of Nietzsche, and the relation of magic and reason. The overall theme of Liber Novus <clears throat> is how Jung regains his soul and overcomes the contemporary malaise of spiritual alienation, sort of like the salve part of... Uh, this is ultimately achieved through enabling the rebirth of a new image of God in his soul and developing a new worldview in the form of a psychological and theogenic cosmology. See, yeah, so my general hypothesis is that he succeeded so well that now there is a new image of God made in the image of Carl Jung's soul, which includes a lot of the New Age uh, yoga and other stuff. And so I want to very clearly be able to identify that. Not specifically coming from a standpoint of disliking it, and not specifically coming from a standpoint of, of liking it, let alone uh, canonizing it and making it holy or something. Um, understanding it better. I know there's this whole thing, I've, I've heard whispers about, I guess Jordan Peterson and maybe some other fuckers, yeah I said it, fuckers, are um, quoting Jung and using Jungian ideas to like support their stupid shit, you know? <clears throat> and, um, and so then as a reaction to that, people are automatically assuming when someone is talking about Carl Jung that they're on board with Jordan Peterson, which is what people used to say 30, 40, 40 years ago. They used to say that was effing R. What's the modern way, way of saying fucking retarded? Um, I know you're not supposed to say that. I, I apologize to everyone who's mentally divergent. Uh, I, I mean no insult to you, but really, it's lame. Oh, I don't mean to insult people with one leg. Stupid? Ah. Don't mean to insult people with low intelligence. Um, Hairbrained? How do you how do you say that something is? What was I even talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Which is why this is one step of many. Step seven. You can make religion out of that. Please don't. That's, a, that's another perk of making it so um, unlikable, is there's no risk, or at least minimal risk. Okay, I think, I think it's safe to say that this was the worst one yet. Comment below if you think that it's not the worst of the seven so far.
Kusi.